0: Hello and welcome to Science Unscripted. It's Connor here. And Gabe. So for everyone out there, you're probably pretty convinced that what you're experiencing right now as as reality is really there. It, it's You're experiencing it for what it is. Mm-hmm. So if you, I don't know, if you're confronted with a, a dog running toward you... Um, or a radio host that I'm looking straight at right now. I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you are real, Gabe. This is my reality. Yeah, you just got a haircut. So it's looking, looking good. Thanks. Got it this morning. I'm, I'm feeling good. Huge psychological bonus. The this haircut. This is not
1: cycle. Psycho- this is not philosophical mumbo jumbo that you're talking about. No, this is a study. What is real? Yeah. What
0: is real, anyways? That's no. what yeah. philosophy students at at university do. I was gonna say, so, yeah, yeah, we're in a college dorm room right now. No, this is research. Okay from the University College London, um, that it it really strongly implies that your reality, the way you experience it, is not always necessarily the way it truly is, and that it's connected to how strong your imagination is. Science Unscripted.
2: Hi, my name is Dr. Nadine Dijkstra, and together with my colleague, Professor T. Fleming, uh, we just uh, published a paper on uh, imagination and reality monitoring, how we decide what's real and what is imagined.
0: What was the primary conclusion, Nadine, of, of your recent research?
2: So the primary conclusion was that imagination and reality are not categorically different, but they differ in degrees, in strength. So if you imagine seeing a tree, for example, something very similar happens in your brain as if you would actually see that tree. And the main difference is the strength of activation, not the way the brain is activated.
0: And if I understood your paper correctly, the more vividly I imagine that tree, close my eyes and I I can just, I can see this tree, the more likely it is that I then later believe I've actually seen that tree, that I've seen it in reality.
2: Yeah, this is true. Yeah, So our research is not about memory, but it's about in the moment. If you have your eyes open and you imagine a tree very vividly, then you might sometimes think it's actually there. You might sometimes hallucinate that tree. So participants were instructed to imagine very simple uh, shapes while looking at kind of dynamic static noise, uh, which is just pixels moving, and they had to imagine with their eyes open Um, as if the stimulus was appearing on the screen but it wasn't there they just had to imagine and then they had to tell us how vivid their imagination was but then on the last trial unbeknownst to the participant we secretly also presented uh, a picture that was either the same to the one they were imagining or a different one and then we asked hey on the last trial did you actually see something or not and what did they say So, w- what happened was a little bit complicated, but basically, when people were imagining the same picture as the one that we presented to them, they said that their imagination became more vivid. And if they said their imagination become- became more vivid, then they were more likely to say they saw something real. So, what we can conclude from that is that imagination and reality got completely mixed up together in the brain. And the only way that participants were able to dissociate the two was by saying, you know, if it's very vivid, it's probably real otherwise it's imagined.
1: I don't mean to go philosophical on this, but does this shape our perception of reality or does this say something about what reality actually is?
2: I think it gives us some, some hints, which is, you know, what other research also shows, that we are not just perceiving reality as is, at all. So as humans, we are constantly using what we think about the world, what we believe about the world, to interpret our sensory input. Um, so it's never just like a camera. It's never an objective, an entirely objective uh, reflection of the of reality.
0: How would our listeners around the world know if they are in possession of a really vivid imagination? I'm 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 convinced some of our listeners definitely mm-hmm. are, based on the emails, um, and and that they would therefore and a lot of them in Canada are waking up at like four in the morning to listen to this <laughs> yeah, program. Yeah, so... no. <laughs> yeah, and that they would therefore. Uh, not be perceiving reality as it is, that they, that their powerful imaginations are warping it? How would they know?
2: So, in terms of knowing whether your imagination is very vivid or not, there is a online questionnaire that you can fill out, which is called the Vividness of Visual Imagery Questionnaire, VVIQ. If you Google that, I'm sure you can find it online. But then to what extent that warps your reality is very difficult to say, because you only have access to what you experience so you you don't really have a reference frame to to see how to, to kind of tell how you experience it differently to other people i think for that you would really need kind of careful psychological testing um yeah
0: and that was dr nadine dykstra uh, she's a cognitive neuroscientist who investigates mental imagery, visual perception, and how our brains differentiate between the two. She's usually at the University College London, and we were just talking to her there from her home in the Netherlands. Let's take that test. The, the I want the VVIQ. Yep, let me just switch. Because br- she
1: told us uh, when the, after the interview finished that her VVIQ is 30. Uh, You know me. I want to be better than everyone else. Sure. See if I can better better that.
0: (laughs) Why not spend your life competing (laughs) in meaningless tasks? Uh, For all of you out there, I've pulled this up as a PDF. It's quick if you want to test it. It's four pages. Gabe, visualize a rising sun. Got it. Consider carefully the picture that comes before your mind's eye. Yeah. Then rate the following items yeah. The sun is rising above the horizon into a hazy sky. No image at all, vague and dim, moderately clear and vivid, clear and reasonably vivid, perfectly clear and as vivid as normal vision. Moderately clear. The sky clears and surrounds the sun with blueness. No image at all, vague and dim, moderately clear, clear and reasonably vivid, or perfectly clear. Vague and dim. Hmm, really? Okay.
1: Well, the blue didn't mix up because I had a really red, really deeply red and orange sun coming up. And then the blue kind
0: of got vague. Well, I think this is supposed to alter your imagery. So you're supposed to you're that, yeah, yeah, that's certainly altered my imagery, yeah. <laughs> okay, so so let me let me ask you again, if you are picturing the sky clears and surrounds the sun with blueness, mm-hmm. is that no image at all vague, moderately clear, clear and reasonably vivid, or perfectly clear?
1: Yeah, well, it's it's not perfectly clear, but it's I, it's vivid, okay. It's not vague and dim. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. No, vague just, and dim just, was wrong.
0: I'm just I'm just looking at the instructions. It, it not vague it, and dim at all. It doesn't really clarify that. But I believe we're changing your imagery here. You did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. No. Yeah. Of course we are. Listen. To this one. Clouds. A storm blows up. Oh my god. This sounds like the Rhineland. With flashes of lightning. Really sounds like the Rhineland. Mm. No image at all, vague and dim,
1: moderately clear and vivid. No, I'm watching the weather happen in front of my eyes. Yeah, I can, I can see that pretty Cl- clearly. Clear and reasonably vivid, or it, perfectly clear. Well, I'm not going to go with, per- I, you know, not perfect, but
0: yeah, the one before that. We just what, uh, not long ago, had had a thunderstorm roll through. So, yeah, maybe some recency bias or some some help from uh, Mother Nature. Final one here, Gabe. Yeah, you're going to like this one a lot. Mm-hmm. A rainbow appears. <gasps> No image at all, vague and dim, uh, moderately clear, clear and reasonably vivid. I've got it, perfectly clear. I've got a double. I've got a full, full bow. Really? Yeah. So those are the qu- kinds of questions. It's a total. I, I, if I'm doing the math right, total of about 20 questions, and you can test how vivid your imagination is, and, and by, the, e- yeah, by yeah, by extrapolation now because of the study, the extent to which you perceive reality. As it truly is. So when I'm trying to imagine
1: something and then I look at a picture, an image, my mind is skewed
0: by that image? Let me, let me just go to the conclusion. Uh, the conclusion here, and I'm going to quote directly from the paper, by the way. This is published in Nature Communications. All of you can read it. What is, it, what is the paper called? Subjective signal strength distinguishes reality from imagination. And it says, our findings suggest that imagery and perception are subjectively intermixed. How, then, do we ever determine whether something is real? According to our model, this is achieved by simply evaluating whether the total strength of a signal exceeds a reality threshold based on the assumption that imagery is generally weaker or less vivid than perception. Such a model predicts that reality monitoring should be worse in people with more vivid imagery. In line with this idea, we found that the frequency of source confusions, mistaking reality for imagination or imagination for reality, was associated with generally higher imagery vividness across subjects. The confusion between the two seems to be connected to stronger, um, stronger imagination. We'll right. Stop.
1: So, for those of you with strong imaginations out there, what what is the question here, or is, it, is this a warning to you that you know don't? Don't
0: skew reality too much? No, I, I, I think it's this. And I think that's what, what interested me in the subject, in the research. We all should be aware of how fallible uh, we are in general. <laughs> we, we really are fallible. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times we, we've talked on this show and most people are aware of the fact that our memories are very fallible and, and malleable. Something that is a clear memory now will change 10 years from now. We all kind of know that. What's different is this is talking about straight up reality as you experience right now, right now, today, that that's that is somehow connected to the strength of your imagination. And what I would be wondering for all of you out there is if you think you might be one of those people, if you if you have really vivid imaginations, go ahead and take the test and figure out if does that hold true when you take the test And, and do you get a high IQ score on the vividness of your visual imagery, does that line up? Because if not, then it could be that it, this test, which I I guess has just turned fifty years old, happy fiftieth birthday mm-hmm. to the test. Um, maybe yeah, maybe it's not that great after all. Good job, Connor. That that sounded that sounded really good. Thanks, Gabe. Let's let's go. Thanks, Gabe. We're SU at dot d, 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 uh, d W. Com. Science unscripted. That's a wild one. That is a wild one. <laughs> Normally, do enough to we? cut that. Can we keep that? Huh? <laughs> Can we we